Companies that adopted new technology to help remote workers during the pandemic are now finding that the same technology could be hindering them in hybrid or return to office settings. We'll explore these hybrid tech challenges on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Joining me today to discuss the issues of technology around hybrid workers is Lauren Isaacs. She is the COO and Executive Vice President at All Points PR, an integrated PR agency that specializes in the franchise industry. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, when when, um, when your company reached out to us to talk about some of these issues, uh, I, what I found fascinating was uh, a, a discussion of the technology that, that your company uses. Uh, as it goes through, as it went through the pandemic, but then also in the post pandemic period. So take me back to the sort of the early days of the pandemic, what you guys did in terms of your technology to support remote workers and then uh, lead us into sort of what what's going on now. Sure. Um, I'm actually going to take you back a little bit further. Okay, so sure. we so we um, have been in existence since 2011. So well before the pandemic. And when the pandemic hit, we were already pretty prepared from a technological standpoint, right? Everyone had laptop computers. Everyone had the ability to FaceTime. Zoom was just kind of starting. I'd actually been begging my employees to get on video conferencing for years. We had, you know, really good use of Dropbox and email servers and everything was set. So the pandemic happens. We bring everyone in. The Friday, it was Friday the 13th. Yep. Um, we bring everyone in for a seminar. We basically say, like, we'll see you in a few weeks. And here's the technology that we're going to be relying do that we'll have to rely upon. And, um, the technology actually went really well for the beginning of the pandemic, right? Like we really hit the ground running. I was really proud of our team and the fact that we were ready to work remote. Um, we really had no technology hiccups. And again, we were relying on Dropbox. And so we had all of our files were shareable. Our emails were really strong. Um, and we were, we were getting on Zoom. So then, you know, now we're like in a structured hybrid model, right? And so right when the pandemic started to kind of end, right? There was no like definite end. Right. I, yeah, so, lot, yeah. Well, there were, there were a lot of so companies. That, yeah, there were a lot of companies that didn't know exactly when to sort of ease back in. So you saw like an up and down sort of like uh, starts and stops. I think we, we were talking about that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I like to say that it was much easier to like exit than it is to come back in, right? Like when we had to shut off, like that we could do, that we understood. But like the the hybrid and kind of how we came back was really confusing. Um, and then like Omicron happened mm -hmm. and there was all of this like uncertainty. So in the meantime, where we've settled is we're structured hybrid. So my staff is here either two or three days a week, depending on what week it is. Um, and they're here with their main team. So any given day, I have 50% of the office in. And the technology that we're relying upon is the same technology that we use during, you know, total lockdown, right? We're still using Zoom. We're still, you know, using um, the shared Dropbox and things like that. Now, you, yeah, you know, you mentioned the, the term structured hybrid, which I think is the first time I've heard that. Now, uh, it's different from sort of a like a, a regular hybrid or um, ca let's call it ca casual hybrid. Uh, it, you started with that, too, but then you found some some challenges around that, right? Yeah, exactly. So like just hybrid, right? Like kind of come in when you want and show up like, you know, when it works for you. That was really confusing. It was really hard for managers 
Um, and honestly, it was really hard for for me and for my husband. We we run the business together, and I remember like walking in the office, and it was like a surprise. Who was going to be there that day? And it's just a really uncomfortable way of conducting business and managing, especially young professionals. So we switched to a structured hybrid. Now there is still some flexibility within it, but the main kind of value behind structured hybrid is I know who's going to be here today. Today is Tuesday, right? And pods three and four are in on Tuesdays. So if I need to have an impromptu meeting, I can have it in person. If I want to save something and do it on Zoom, you know, I, I kind of, the structure gives me, as strange as it sounds, it actually gives me more flexibility. Mm-hmm. It allows me to really understand the flow of work and where people are going to be. Um, one of the things that we're trying to figure out within Structured Hybrid is what work should we do when we are in person in the office together? And what work should we reserve to do when we're home? Right. And how technology kind of plays a role in that is something that, you know, we're exploring as well. Right. And but you were also telling me before when we when we chatted before the show was uh, that Zoom is now you're actually sort of struggling with it when you have those meetings that are some people are in the office and some people are still remote having like either larger meetings or meetings where you have two different sets of, of people in terms of their location. Talk about that a little bit about what what challenges you guys are facing there. Right. So Zoom for like a one-on-one, totally fine, right? Like we know how it works. It's structured. It's super easy. Zoom for um, a client to a a group of team members that are all in person, fine, right? We have a Zoom camera. Everyone's lined up. They're presenting to the client. Where we really start to step in it with Zoom is when I am trying to do a presentation for my office. And so if I have, you know, 20 people in office and 20 people that are on Zoom, where do I look? Where am I presenting, right? Am I presenting to the camera? But then I'm ignoring the people that are there. Right. And I actually think that people that are in person should get the priority. They should get the eye contact, right? They should get that face-to-face interaction. And so our cameras aren't really set up to do both. They're not set up to switch from this like one-on-one dynamic to uh, I'm presenting to a group and I have people, you know, on Zoom. It's almost like more of like a theater setting. It's, It's hard to figure out how to present when you have half your staff in and half your staff on Zoom. And have you seen any other technologies out there by either other companies or Zoom itself? Have, have, are they addressing this at all? Or is this sort of up to just you guys to figure it out and are companies that, that are also struggling with this? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are struggling with it. Um, we do have a great tech provider that we work with and we've been talking about it recently and you know, we're trying to come up with like, do we put the camera like on an arm that we can pivot and move and, you know, and the camera and the microphone relationship is really complicated, especially for like a small office. I don't have some like great sound system. You know, I have my earbud, right? Like yeah. that's the best I can really do. Um, and so the microphone actually is the hardest component because if I stand on the opposite side of the room of the camera, the camera and the mic, you know, then I'm picking up noise that's in between us. Right. Um, and so I have not seen a good solution yet. So, all right. <laughs> I wish there was one too. We have the same problem here sometimes, especially with these larger meetings. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, ho- I hope that someone comes up with it with a cool solution. Um, now, did you have any problems with sort of that return to work uh, mandates? We're, we're seeing a lot of stories where 
company, uh, you know, employees that, that did move to that remote work from home sort of scenario are now either fighting back or they don't want to come back in because they, they did enjoy the benefits of being at home and not having a commute, things like that. You say structured hybrid, and I think you, you mentioned that this was sort of a mandated thing, right? Yeah. 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 So um, I think, I think the, the biggest issue that we have is I think my, my staff is worried we're going to take it away. Right. Like I think that they like working from home. They like having that, you know, chance to work from home two or three days a week. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like a little bit of paranoia of like, are you, is this for real? Like, is this always going to be this way? Or are you going to be one of those companies that's like starting on Monday? Everyone's in five days a week, period. Yeah. Um, we are not going to do that. So I do think that if we did that, we would have a lot of people resign. Um, I do think it would be like the great resignation. Right. Um, and so we really want to keep our staff happy. And I do think that the staff sees the benefit of being in person. I mean, being in person, being able to swivel your chair around and talk to your mentor who's sitting behind you, you know, being able to talk to people in the kitchen as you're filling your water bottle. Like those are really irreplaceable conversations. We cannot do those when we work from home. Right. Um, right. You know, even if we pick up the phone, even if we're on FaceTime, it's just not the same. Yeah, and, and we did. We are seeing a lot of research that's come out now that says uh, mentoring relationships, especially with the uh, with younger employees, uh, is is more beneficial in the office. Do you, did you find employees that that wanted to come back into the office and were missing that, or did they sort of just oh, kind yeah. of like go, okay, I guess I got to go in today, or, or you know, no, the dynamic is good, right? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you asked that. So I actually, I have a couple of staff members that came in like throughout the pandemic. Um, they were like, my roommate's driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> and can I just come in? And we have a really small, well, we have like a, a nice office building, right? So we don't have like elevators, like it's a kind of a small office building. So people definitely felt safe to be able to still come in and we kept our distance and we relied really heavily on testing at that time. Um, and now that we are back with structured hybrid, I have a couple of staff members that come in all five days a week. They just like being here. Yeah. They, they feel like they're kind of siloed and alone at home. Um, so I do think for every person that kind of gives me like the rolls, you know, rolls their eyes and like, yeah, I guess I can come in two days a week. I have others that are like, I love coming in. It's It's the best part of my week. Yeah, it would be, what would be funny is if you actually then said, all right, well, on Mondays and Fridays, we're not even going to open the office and everybody's at home. And then you'd probably get some grumbles from people there, too. Well, totally. So Fridays, you know, Fridays are my interesting one. Like, no one really wants a Friday. Um, so we do alternate every other Friday for half the office. But, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. Like, I'm not going to close the office one day a week and... You know, I also find that some of the best conversations are happening on those Fridays. They're more casual. They're a little bit more laid back. And I think they're good team bonding days. Alternating Fridays reminds me of my my gym class in middle school because it was always totally. you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or and then the next week it was Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and you never wanted that Friday gym class as well. Um, That's right. I'm sorry, I went off on a little tangent there. Um, what kind of advice would you give to companies that might be struggling with sort of a return to office mandate? And and it, and it could vary between big companies and little companies, but I think every company is unique. But there might be some some companies out there that are struggling with this sort of kind of get back in. Is it more that you just have to sort of promote the benefits and sort of downplay the negatives or like what would you offer as advice? Cause it, it sounds like it's working for you guys. Yeah. I mean, I have two pieces of, of advice. So my first piece of advice is like stick to the plan. Like if you make a decision, 
stick by that decision. Um, and don't let yourself waver based on immediate feedback, right? And so like when we made the decision to do structured hybrid, I literally like wrote, like made a calendar item was like, I can review this in two months. I wasn't going to review it in two weeks. Like I needed to stick with the plan because I think that people appreciate leadership. I think people appreciate like when you are decisive and you have like an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that would be my first piece of advice is don't waver, like make your decision, stick firm to it. Um, And then my other piece of advice um, is to address it, address it head on. Like, don't pretend you don't know what the problems are, right? So I'll say to staff, like, I understand it's hard for you to have the commute again. Like when the prices of gas were really high, yeah. we actually gave people gas gift cards because we felt really bad that that kind of happened simultaneously to right. the return to work. Um, and I think that like by addressing things head on and being like, yeah, we're people too. Like we understand um, instead of being like, oh, great. Like this is what we're doing. It's fine. There's no issues. No, no, no. Like we understand that it's hard to to make change and to have to come back in. We understand that not having the commute was a benefit. We we get it. Um, but then we also do lay out what the benefits are. And we structure meetings to be in person. So like brainstorms are in person. And I think that people start to figure out that energy. And I think people really like that energy. Right. Um, and so we really try to, you know, have lunches and things as teams to play up the benefits of being with your mentor. And and you have the benefit as well as you're in the Chicago area, so you you don't necessarily have a, a f- you never went fully remote with sort of around the world with hiring and and you know getting employees, right? No, and that's a really good point. I mean, my husband and I never considered going to like a fully remote office, and so every hire that we made, even in the heart of the pandemic, it was all people that knew eventually we would be back in. That's the other thing. Like, I never did a bait and switch. Right. Like I always let right. people know, like our intention is to come back into the office because we actually we grew during the pandemic. We were super lucky. Um, our office is, I think, about 10 or 12 people bigger today than it was at the start of the pandemic. And so every one of those hires knew, even if we were in the middle of like the Omicron lockdown, they knew that once we were ready, we would mm-hmm, be back mm-hmm. in person at least a couple of days a week. Does the, does the nature of your business being in sort of public relations, does that rely more on a, on a face-to-face uh, communication with either clients or uh, people in the media or like, I don't know, people in the media probably don't like yeah, right? face-to-face, but like no. what, what's the nature of no. PR for you guys? Does it require yeah, that in so person? That- No, so I think that's the ironic part about our business, right? Is that we are actually like fully remote with our clients. Our clients are national brands and we do not see them um, on a daily basis. I mean, you know, we do calls and we do video conferencing and now we're going to conferences and we do a lot of travel. Mm -hmm. But so the irony is that like we are not a client facing business um, and we don't, you know, visit members of the press. I mean, if they'd like us to, we'd be happy to, but that's, you know, not a standard practice. Yeah. And so, um, but I actually think that makes it even more important for us as young professionals to be together, right? Because we're not, we don't have to do it for the clients, but I think we have to do it for ourselves. And I think that we really have to commit to wanting to grow as, as, as people, quite frankly, and kind of get out of our pajamas and, and come into the workspace. And I, and I know that we've been picking on uh, Zoom a little bit uh, during this discussion, but there are some other sort of 
technology platforms that came out during the uh, pandemic in terms of getting people to communicate. And now there are articles out there about uh, communications overload. Uh, so a lot of companies that integrated things like Microsoft Teams and, and Slack and e you know people still stuck yeah. up with email and instant messaging and all that. And now they're finding that most of their days are just responding to emails. Do you find that as well at your company? Yeah, I mean, I'm laughing, especially when you say teams like that one just gives me shivers. Um, I like to say that I constantly feel like someone is tapping me on the shoulder, right? Like I constantly feel like someone is asking for my attention, whether it's, you know, the phone or the email or text or like people coming into the office, right? Like, and that communication overload is something that I think we all really struggle with. It's actually one of the things that we take a lot of time training our new professionals on is like, how do you effectively communicate? Because if I'm sending out emails and no one's reading them, it's like talking to the wall. So I have to be really careful in the way I communicate with staff and the way that I receive their communication. So um, we are not on Slack. I, I won't do it. I do it. I'm a, a graduate student also, and I'm on it for my graduate class, and I hate it. I feel like communication gets lost. I think it can be incredibly passive aggressive at times. Um, and so, you know, for our office, we do rely on email. Um, because our clients rely on email. Right. So we have no choice but to stick to the platform. But we also, we text each other. You know, we, we swivel our chair around. I get up from my desk and I go and talk to someone. And I think for us, texting is kind of that way of still connecting as if we were in person. Um, but, you know, Slack, I think, has really helped a lot of businesses, but I think people are overwhelmed with it. Especially all of like the different channels. Like it, it is too much. And I think that companies really need to, streamline their communication. Yeah. So the other thing that we run up against is Dropbox versus Google Drive. And like, I can't maintain two platforms. Right. And so we try very hard to keep people like only on Dropbox for file storage as well. So it's not just the communications, it's also other technology platforms that tend to overload us. Yeah. So totally. So who's, who's, we all like shiny new objects, right? Like we all want to try like what's new and yeah. we just can't do that as a business. It's too confusing. Well, is, is a lot of this generational too? Like, you know, I, you probably have a, a range of employees from sort of, you know, uh, older employees that now to, to Gen Z employees. Do, do you find that they have their own personal technology choice or do you feel like you could be like, okay, here's what you're going to use and, and learn how to use it? Yeah, I mean, watch it because I'm the old lady of the office. So I don't have any older employees. I am the old person. Um, yeah, I mean, my husband and I are in our, our mid 40s and then our youngest employees are in their mid you know, to early 20s. I do think that generationally um, there are differences. I think that, I don't know, like I think that actually their use of the computer itself is very different than our use of the computer, right? Um, everyone is on their phone about everything. And so for us, like we kind of have to meet them at that, which is one of the reasons that we do text as an organization mm -hmm. is because I'm actually trying to meet my staff where their needs are. Um, I would be fine not texting my staff, but I think that they like that form of communication a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, definitely there's like a generally generational issue. I mean, we talk about like email the first few weeks and they look at me like, really? Like I'm going to be on email for things? We also live and die by Inbox Zero at the office. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I'm no, sure no, you're familiar. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, just tell me about that. I've, I've heard the term, but, yeah. but, but you know, def, define it for us. Yeah, so Inbox Zero is, it's basically, I think of it as a philosophy, right? So you have to either do it, delegate it, delete it, or drag it. 
There's a fifth one called defer. We ignore that one in the office because defer doesn't make sense if you're going for zero. Yeah. Right. So like if it's something that you can immediately do, get it done and get it out of your inbox. If it's information that you need for later, drag it into a file so you can reference it later. If it's something that you're never going to be able to do, but you know the right person for the job, defer it. You know, or I'm sorry, um, delegate it. Yep. Give it to somebody else. Yeah. And then the last one is if it's like a newsletter that you're not going to read within a certain amount of time, just delete it. Like don't hold on to junk. And so the goal is to have inbox zero by the end of the day. I mean, you know, I was kind of teasing like I could get, you know, 50 messages in the time that you and I have been talking. We've been talking for what, 20 minutes. Yeah. Like I get hundreds of email messages. So if I'm going to be good at my job, I've got to have a system to get through those. So the ones that are really important, I address. And the ones that I'm never going to address, I don't pretend I'm going to. Um, you know, I just get rid of them. Like, how many Google alerts am I really going to read today? Right. It's not it, happening. Yeah. I, I I heard a story once that said... Uh someone coming back from vacation just basically selects all for all of the emails and then just deletes them. And someone was asking yeah. that person, well, why do you do that? And they said, well, if, if, you know, anybody that needs to get in touch with me, they'll know how to do it. And so, um, that's a great philosophy. I'm, I, I try to, I try to yeah. do that whole inbox zero thing as well. Um, that reminded me in terms of emails and, and new users, uh, cause I wanted to talk about this, this viral video that, that came out a few weeks ago of the CEO of this company. And she was doing a zoom meeting with her entire staff. And, uh, she was talking about the, the term pity city, which I think that, I think the reason that she it went viral is because she used <laughs> that term. Um, not, not okay. necessarily because of the management style of this, but more about technology like Zoom allows employees to sort of record without sort of the managers knowing this. And the reason I think it went viral is because they didn't have any sort of safeguards in place to sort of like either prevent that or it's so easy to just basically turn any kind of communication into a viral thing. Um, do, you, do you know, how do you how do you sort of address that, you know, as the head of a company? I mean, yeah, like, you know, my phone is here. Like, you have no idea if I'm recording this on my phone versus like on my computer, right? Like, right. we have recordings available anytime, anywhere. And, you know, so I can answer this question from two perspectives, right? Like, we're a PR company. And so we are actually reputation management for a lot of our clients. And, you know, I always talk about like anything that you say, assume it's going to be recorded any email you send any video you make any social media you post like you should assume that the person that you don't want to see it is going to see it yeah um and i have that same conversation you know with my staff right like if you're you know posting stuff about how crazy your boss is like you can pretty much assume i'm going to see it i don't know how the universe or the algorithms work but it will come on my newsfeed yeah. right it'll come across yeah so you know i think that that woman like with the pity city like we just got to be really careful with our language. We've got to always assume that someone is going to record you. Um, and I think you just have to really live your life in a way that not that you're fake, but that you're authentic, right? And that you're saying things that you're willing to stand behind and that, you know, you're speaking in a way that, that you feel like has integrity. Um, and so I do understand frustration. I mean, I often will say like, if it was up to me and my husband, we'd be back in five days a week but it's not up to me, right? right? I have to meet my my employees where their needs are. So sometimes when I kind of feel down that like pity city, like kind of path in my own head, being the old lady of the office, <laughs> um, I do have to like 
temper the way I say it and, and kind of say, like, I understand that this might be an old school way of thinking, but it is really hard for me to communicate on Zoom. And I'd rather do this meeting in person, you know, rather than saying, like, I'm not giving in to you with a Zoom. Like, you have to come. Right. You got to choose your language right. and, and just be really careful. Yeah. So do you think, like, this is now sort of the the status quo moving forward? Or do you think we're in sort of another phase and, and then another phase will then happen with both technology and sort of office culture? Or is this is this where we are moving, moving forward? Or, uh, you know, without getting into the term AI, I don't want to bring that up. No, no. I mean, especially don't get me started. Um, I could talk about chat GPT all day, yeah. every day. Um, you know, I, I, I think we're in beta testing, right? Like I kind of think like life right now is just one big beta test with all this new technology coming at us with all of these like innovations happening. It's a really, really exciting time. I mean, I'm such a nerd. I love this stuff. So like I'm having a great time with it. Um, I also think the pandemic taught us a, a really valuable lesson that, you know, we can plan and we can think we know how the world works, but something can come at us from nowhere and change our whole way of thinking. And so I think for me, like being really flexible going forward is is the motto, right? Like, you know, we have to pivot, you know, we have to, yeah. this is the new normal, like all those expressions. I think that, um, I think that we just have to be ready for what comes next and just keep your head up. And be excited about what comes next. Yeah. So, so bottom line, do you think that technology is sort of an uh, enabler or a hindrance to sort of uh, the office culture at, in this sort of frame of time right now? Oh, I think it really depends on what you <laughs> let it be, right? Like it can be a huge hindrance. Um, I actually kind of live my, my life by saying like technology works for me. I don't work for technology. Right. So like my car, for example, there's like a thousand bells and whistles, right? Like my car can do all sorts of cool things. I have an electric car. I have chosen to not use those options because I need my car to get me from point A to point B. Yeah. Right. So like you can fall down rabbit holes really, really easily with technology. And as I said, like technology works for me, right? Like I'm going to turn off the notifications. I'm going to shut things off. I'm going to make things work in a way that is allows me to be productive and allows me to be dependable for my clients and my staff. That reminded me of another question. Do you have do you have people on the staff that are really into technology and they come in and go, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. This is what I want. We, we should have the entire staff use this thing. And do you do you have that out of your company? Because we've had a few at, at, at our company here. Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell you, like, I love those people. Like, I try not to play favorites, but, you know, when they walk in, like, showing me something new, I'm like, come in, I'm going to clear everything to talk about this. Um, but that's, again, like the nerd in me. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I have a couple of people on staff that are always, like, looking at, like, the newest stuff. And I, I do like to think it keeps me young, uh, especially when they're teaching me, like, all the new social media platforms and, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. But I, I embrace that. But I also am like, okay, hold on. Like, we are not switching the whole office to this. You know, we, yeah. we do try to be really, really strategic. Okay, so to tap on AI with that, you know, it's like, okay, do I just say to my staff, like, use ChatGPT, like, just have at it. And instead, I've actually chosen to be relatively quiet about it until I could form like a real opinion. And then we're leading like an all office um, seminar about it. Yeah. And so I try really hard not to be impulsive, 
but to like be reflective, to understand that if I make a move, I'm asking 45 people to make a move and I've got to be really solid with what that move is and, and not just impulsive and think, oh, it's shiny and fun and new and let's do it. Yeah, I used to be that guy. I used to be the, the sort of the shiny, the shiny, happy tech guy and would try to get everything involved and do everything. But now as I've gotten older, I've become the old guy who yells at the cloud and uh you know my my kids my kids took my you know they try to get me into like tiktok and and instagram and all that other stuff and i'm like nope not gonna dance not gonna do this not gonna do this and they're like come on come on i'll show you how to do it like nope so i think i've turned the corner in terms of that technology adoption thing but it is cool to have both both sort of inputs uh lauren thank you very much for uh for being on the show with us today uh great stuff and uh hope to talk to you again sometime my pleasure thank you so much And that's all the time we've got for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and add any comments you may have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.